Hey guys, what's up? Matt here. Welcome to the episode of Coffee is for Closers. We've got Akbar Sheik here today, a man in the coaching consulting industry. We're going to talk about coaching, consulting, what's right, what's wrong with the industry. Maybe have a few rants and just see what happens. So if you like that kind of content, like, subscribe, notification, but all that kind of good stuff. And we'll see you after the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. What's up, bro? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure. Good to have you in Australia. Yeah, yeah. My my second home. My wife is uh, married to me. I, I I'm 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 pausing because I, I think every time we come back, she wonders why did she get married to me? Why do we live in America? Yeah. <laughs> she convinces me to try to move down here every single time we come. Yeah, to Sydney. Yeah, it's yeah. a great place. I love Sydney, honestly. I yeah. really do. But for me, it's like you know, home is where, like, my family's over there. Yeah, you know what I mean. My mom, my dad, my brother, just everyone. So it's just like. I just wouldn't be happy without them. It's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. we we yeah we we moved around a fair bit, yeah. and uh, Sydney's the place that we always come back to. So we, we thought about moving to the states because obviously for my business, yeah. I'd make more money if I was over there. To be perfectly honest, well, you know it's interesting you say that, man, because I found, with the exception of this trip, for various reasons, but um, every time I come to Sydney, I find I get a bump in revenue. Yeah, right. You're just happier. <laughs> I, you know, I, I used to think it was it was like more fresh air and oxygen and the food's a little healthier. Because, you know, like in America, most of the foods like that are outlawed in America, or no, that are outlawed here, they're legal yeah, in America. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's healthier, more vitamin D and this and that. So I used to think that was it. But you know what I realized? I think and that might be a part of it. But you know what I think it is? By the time it's like 10 a.m. here, like America shut down. Yeah. So it's like I'm not interrupted with like meetings and like people talking to me much. I can actually work more like on the business instead of in the business. Yeah. And I think that's what what it might be. So my day is like seven to seven AM to twelve oh, is cool. meetings. Okay. And then after that is content, like podcasts, YouTube videos, and then like uh the Australian stuff. So like our headquarters is mo- mostly Australian. So mm. a lot of the planning is done here. Mm. CEO of Sales Sniper is Will. He's over in the US, which is like it needs to be over there. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the headshed planning is is here. Yeah. Uh, which actually makes it easier for us because we don't, like you said, we don't get interrupted. Yeah. But in terms of like networking and getting clients, I, I mean, we have a pretty long list of people who want to work with us anyway. But yeah. like I could probably grow up more aggressively over there. Or over there, but why? Um, but um, why don't I ask you? We've been having a good chat on the couch. Uh, yeah. Why'd you get into coaching, man? Why did I get into coaching? Um. Well, we got to take a little step back from that, I guess. I was, you know, for so many years, completely, well, okay, let's take a bigger step back. I, years ago. So I was born. I was born, <laughs> yeah. San Francisco. I saw a bright light. I saw a bright light. Yeah. San Francisco, California. Yeah. Uh, a while ago, I was 50 pounds overweight, crippling okay. anxiety disorder, yeah. uh, addicted to anything you can think of, um, had no why, didn't pray, wasn't spiritual, completely broke. What else was effed up about me? Anything you can think of. I mean, totally just an effed up person that yeah. lifestyle um why great question i was conditioned my whole life by my dad who's an entrepreneur i come from nine generations deep of entrepreneurs okay um my parents born in africa they conditioned me uh you're gonna be in business you're gonna be in business you're gonna be in business my whole life yeah when i was a kid i just went to my kids gra- kindergarten graduation and it was so trippy because the, the the teacher's like, hey, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And one's like, I want to be a doctor and I want to be a, a, a fireman and a policeman, yep. all these normal shit, right? One friend, I want to be a dinosaur. When I was in first grade, same thing. Yeah. Then what do you want to be? And I go up there and say, I want to be a businessman. Everyone starts laughing at me because they never heard that before. But yeah. I was conditioned from like birth. Okay. In business. So I graduate college and I go into the family business. And my dad was in retail. And... It was like somebody slapped me in the face with a cold, wet fish. And I'm okay. like, this sucks. Okay. I hate this. Yeah. I hated retail. I, I felt like Retail was, specifically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that, yeah. Well, to me, in that, was world, business. that was business, yeah, yeah. right? It's like the customer's always right, but these customers are maniacs. And then yeah. I felt like it was a <laughs> self-man-made prison, this like box that you're in all the time. And I'm just like, dude, this is like my jail. Like, I hate this. Okay. And I'm like, shit. I... There was never any plan B. There was never any thought of like, what am I going to do with my life? It was always yeah. business from day one. So then I was, I just like. All the build up to get there and then it was, like, it, uh, this is it? It wasn't, it was like, holy shit. Like, it was like, now what do I, I just went down a spiral. Okay. I, oh, that, 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 boom, just like downward, married the totally wrong person. 
Right. It's always a good move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I was I was intoxicated when I proposed. I mean, that was the, the state I was in. I yeah. was in such a bad state. So, uh, you know, life was just a total mess. Uh, ended up in the hospital half dead from partying too much, trying to numb the pain. And God saved me. Uh, I survived, as you can see. And immediately managed went organic. I lost 50 pounds. I... Got rid of my all my bad bad habits, cold mm-hmm. turkey. Got rid of all my bad friends. Got rid of, um, you know, became spiritual. Started doing yoga. Started praying. Um, just totally redid myself. Just mm-hmm. totally did a holistic cleanse. I was a brand new person. So I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm doing much better. Still broke. Have no why. So <laughs> now I need to fix that part. Okay. Okay. Wh- do you, have you ever heard of Craigslist? Yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Craigslist is like. Uh, it's like a job posting website or it's a community website. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever. Anyway, for some reason I'm searching on Craigslist every day for my why. <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. Must've found some weird shit. Yeah, definitely. There's did. some weird people on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've almost been killed several times off of Craigslist experience. That's a true story. But one day bump into this thing and it's kind of funky that the red lights are here. Cause it was like, it was like, um, it, it was a network marketing thing. And it was oh, like, kind of my shit. first exposure to it. I was like, oh, I know why this, there's this lady smiling with cash. And I know why it says like 200, but buy now and it'll be 100. And, and it was like the cheesiest network marketing shit out there. But I was like, I saw the psychology of it. And I felt like Neo from The Matrix. I'm just like, what? This is so, like, it was so cheesy. <laughs> but I'm like, this is so brilliant. So I went, what do, what do broken, wow. desperate people do? All due respect, they get into network marketing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole because I was so fascinated with the psychology. And even my dad told me, though, to be an interesting story when I was a kid and my, I would drive to my dad's different retail stores like um, I must have been, I don't know, 10 years old, five, whatever, five, 10 years old. And I'd make very my dad would say I'd make very interesting, deep psychological remarks about like the billboards that we'd, we'd drive by, like, you know, marketing. So I, I, I was interested in marketing psychology, but I went down to network marketing and I became a top one percent earner. But by the time I figured out what the industry was, I hated it. I'm like, this is not me. Like, this is so stupid. What were you selling at the time? Um, they were uh, digital products. And I go like, and I'm doing parentheses because it's like, it's just like, it's just a bunch of digital, it was just a bunch of digital knowledge, I suppose. And um, the, the pro- like, it was just a cheesy industry, bro, because it was that, it, the, the premise of a lot of these things is like, oh, anybody can do it. And like your grandmother can do it. So like, yeah, want- network marketing is an, it's, it's an interesting um, arena. I haven't dabbled in it myself, but yeah. I have, I did help some some people from a sales structure standpoint mm. sort of before I knew what it was to be honest when mm-hmm. I got in there I was like oh well I've, yeah. I said yes now but anyway yeah so I, I kind of <laughs> read the sales process but yeah um, it's a very interesting uh, community of people yeah. but it really is like it is the most pyramidy thing I've ever seen like yeah. you got some really smart entrepreneurs yeah who are in my opinion taking advantage of an awful lot of people yeah because if you're is. a good business mind yeah that's good at sales and marketing and yeah. you have like a, a sort of semi-charismatic personality, yeah. you can be super successful in yeah. marketing. Yeah, 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 but yeah. like you've got to step on some people along yeah. the way. One, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was when one senior citizen came up to me. He says, you know what this, and he explained it to me because I was younger at the time. He said, you know what this is? I went into a room full of people and there's some, there's some 25-year-old charismatic kid on stage and a bunch of senior, hopeless senior citizens who just like life went wrong for them and they ended up with no money at the end of their lives. And that millennial dude promising you, everything's about to change in your head. You're all going to make millions. And selling the dream. And meanwhile, these senior citizens can barely check their email. You know, they, they just don't know how to do that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so icky. You that is one I mean? of the things that, that shits me the most about, I guess, the, the sales industry in particular. But, like, I hate... Um, when people say, come learn a skill, make 10 buck, make ten grand a month from your living room, yeah. you know, learn it in four weeks. It's like, man, do you know how hard <laughs> it is to be good at sales? <laughs> like it is a, like it is a difficult skill set. It's a phenomenal skill set, yeah. but it takes years to become good at. Like no one's yeah. going to, no, not many. Then the thing is it can happen, right? Like yeah. it does happen to some people. They get into sales. I don't yeah. know. We're like, we have one guy on our, uh, on our guy, Talis, never done sales before, mm. came in within three or four months, was crushing it. Yeah. But he's just really good. And he uh, studied really hard, did all the right things, had yeah. no bad habits, came in and crushed it. Yeah. You know, and then pe- people saw me coming into the coaching consulting space, coming to high ticket closing, making 50, 100 grand a month in comms. People saying, well, it came out of nowhere. It's yeah. like, man, I was a full time salesperson for 13 years before yeah. I ever did a high ticket sale. Wow. You know, like full time. Like I've been selling fitness for 
flat out, right? I own gyms. I, yeah. I sold all day, every day. It's my entire job. It's like I was the chief sales officer for a chain of gyms. So, so what's your opinion, man? Do you think people are born entrepreneurs or do you think they can be cultivated into one? Well, on, entrepreneurs are different. Anyone can become a salesperson, right? Anyone can sell. Because uh, it's a process-driven activity. It really is. Like, obviously, everyone starts at different levels of the ladder, and some people's ladder goes higher than others, mm-hmm. right? But sales is true process-driven. Entrepreneurship is is different, right? So, like, and just because you're a good entrepreneur doesn't mean you should run a business. Mm. So, um, I'm v- I'm very entrepreneurial, but I'm also, like, I think the, one of the things that I've done well is that I've surrounded myself with people who are not yes-men, mm. and I've, I know what I'm bad at, and so... I am like a true entrepreneur, but like I'm really good at like not being selfish, mm. not hoarding money, spending mm. money on people. Yeah. Um, so that I can surround myself with the people who are going to like actually run the business because I'm not that good at running a business. Yeah. I'm good at setting up a business. I'm good at making sure it scales mm. and answering the questions. But the people who are really good at running, like they're not going to be the ones that will scale it. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're yeah. different personality types. Yeah. Um, and so you got to kind of fall into your lane, uh, I think, and then surround yourself with the right people. So, no, I don't think people can become entrepreneurial. Mm. Mm. Um, that really is because like the risk ratios, I think mm. that entrepreneurs are willing to take mm-hmm. is very different. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I'm willing to do large risks. Yeah. My, my risk tolerance is extremely high. Yeah. Um, way higher than most. And, the, and, and that has... Uh, allowed me to grow my business far faster than what most people could yeah. because I was willing to do it with basically making no money in the process. Right. Having $2 million come in yeah. and having 1999000 go out. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, buddy. And seeing that as a great thing. <laughs> Look right. how much fucking money I spent this much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Um, but knowing that there's a, having enough business acumen to be able to know that there's a light at the end of that tunnel and it's all intentional. So that it's intentional, it's fine. Yeah. When you just wake up and you have no margin, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think sales, anyone can be decent at sales mm. or good at sales. Mm. Not everyone can be amazing at sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, entrepreneurship is, I just I think, a totally different thing. Mm. Um, like, where do you think you sit in that? Like, are you just like that real arty entrepreneur or mm. do you think you run somewhere else? <sighs> yeah, that's a good question. We, you know, we were jamming about that a little bit where it's, there's a lot to entrepreneurship. And I think people really use that word very loosely. It really uh, is. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, well, what's your business? Well, it's me and I haven't sold anything yet, but I'm an entrepreneur. You know, there's, I think, a lot of different definitions of it. Um, am I a traditional kind of like, you know, operator that's good at, you know, setting up different structures and, and managing multiple teams and, um, you know, a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of that kind of like hardcore, you know, gritty entrepreneurial stuff? No, that's not definitely not the kind of entrepreneur that I am. I, I definitely feel like I'm more the um, creator, um, I, I, the visionary, the visionary dancing monkey yeah. kind of. But that's life. a good place to be. So, <laughs> like the visionary role, it's it's very coaching and consulting, right? <laughs> uh, but in reality, it's basically yeah, it's sort of like a chairman, right? Mm. So it's the person who is creative for who's responsible for the overall feel and direction of the business, right? Yeah. Like this is like this. The business needs to be a reflection. Of yeah. you, yeah. Um, and then from that, like your mission, your vision, your values need to be handed down. Yeah. The operators are then responsible and accountable for making sure those things are hit. Yeah. You know. Um, and so like that, I think it's a it's a great spot to be. I think most businesses need one. Mm. I think the problem with coaching and consulting is that people take the piss out of that, and they refuse to put operators in. Yeah. And they think that they can run a business at five or six hundred thousand dollars a month. Right. And they can just do some wild shit yeah. and get away with it. Yeah. And I don't think that that doesn't benefit their staff. You know, if you're running, like we're talking about guys running at a 70% margin. Mm. Jesus, mate, what are you not doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying to well, me. Well, it's like, it's like, well, it's interesting to take a step back, right? Because like how many people do you know, right, that are in the coaching consulting business that this is, they've had like two other successful exits. You know, maybe they exited, maybe they, they launched a software company, they exited it. Maybe they, they had launched, I don't know, a supplement or a retail thing. They exited it and now they want to launch a, a coaching or consulting business. I personally, I mean, I'd have to really think about it, but off the top of my head, I don't know any of them. No. So my, my, my point is I think most people in this business, this is like kind it's of their, their first f- business. It's their first. Yeah. So, so it's not, I mean, it's more of a, uh, make it till you make it, hustle, like we're figuring it out, we're still young, let's see how it goes. 
And and here's the big thing: they've never seen this anything close to this much amount of money. Yeah. And then that pollutes you a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like it's kind of like one of my biggest problems with the medical industry in America is that it's so lucrative, and I just feel like that's wrong. You know, some an industry that has to do with your health should not be that lucrative because money is going to make you do things that you. For example, there's doctors in jail right now because they've told their patients you have cancer and you need chemo, but they don't have cancer because they were making millions off the chemo. It, it shouldn't be that lucrative. So and, and the problem is that you have all these like super young coaches that they're seeing money that they've never seen before, and now they're, they've lost track of the essence of, of... The youth of the industry is a problem. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's interesting. We're here in Sydney. Do you know that like, um, I think it was in the year 2000... Uh, was the first time ever coaching or consulting was ever mentioned in an educational structure in a university, and it actually happened here in Sydney in the world. Right. The coaching industry is extremely, it's extremely it's brand new. Yeah, yeah, and and the leaders like a lot of the, like a lot of the people have programs, and they're a week ahead of their clients. That's true. Like that we were talking about before, guys claiming to be eight figure sales yeah. experts, and they can't afford a hundred dollar program. Their fucking credit cards bounce. I think I think that is the problem is, you know, but it's a reflection of the youth of of the industry. Yeah. When I, when, you know, I train a lot of salespeople, uh, you know, because we have a lot of salespeople. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I tell them is like, guys, like time takes time. Like I, yeah. I'm 38 years old. Yeah. Not old, yeah. but I'm a fuckload older than those kids. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they come into me and they're like, I want to make 100 grand a month. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool, man. Well, it took me 13, 14 years of full time selling to right. hit that marker myself. Yeah. Like I did that. If you did it in half the time I did, would you be happy? Yeah. They're like, fuck yeah. yeah. I was like, sweet, you've been selling for a year, champ. You got six uh. <laughs> You know? Like, you'd be fine, man. Like, just yeah. give yourself a fucking break. Yeah. And the, the problem with the industry is there's so much bullshit results out there. Mm. You know, people not telling half truths and screenshots and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Well, here, here, here's, here's a big common misconception, right? People like, say, for example, oh, yeah, I just did an event. I just did a small event. And guess what? I made $100,000. Okay? Yeah. All right, cool. Can I see that on paper? Well, yeah. So here's what happened. I made an offer, and it's $1,000 a month, and 10 people signed up. So I got I collected $10,000 cash at the event, but they all have a contract that it's a year contract. So at the end of the year, I'll have $120,000, right? So I go, cool. Can I see these numbers next month? Okay, next month. Oh, yeah. People didn't really like the program, so all, all of them except for one dropped off. So I yeah. actually only made... Twelve grand. Yeah, but I. Oh, but wait a minute. Last month, didn't you just tell everyone you made a hundred grand? Now here's the effed up part about yeah. it. Here's the effed up part about it, and I'll include press. So another problem is that right now, for those of you who don't know, you can go to like any website. I'm not going to tell you the name, but you can buy press for two hundred bucks, literally two hundred bucks, and you can have this as featured on CNN, Foxes, and it's some backlink Fox News slash eight million digits, and no one can ever find it if they go to the website CNN Fox News, and what people do is they say. Mark, Gina, whatever, I'm just making up names, as seen on CNN, Fox News, whatever, right? Here's the problem. Your average person, sweet and innocent, have no idea that you just yeah. paid 100, 200, and all you need is a pulse. Hey, you got the 30 under 30 for Forbes? Congrats. <laughs> What's that, eight grand now? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah you're <laughs> right. Someone tried to sell that to me too. Here's the problem. They're like, oh, okay, well, you must know what you're talking about. Mm. Therefore, I, that builds a trust. Here's the money. But wait a minute. That person's not qual- in reality. That person's not qualified at yeah, all. And the post's like, "Oh my God, so honored to be featured in Forbes." It's like, right. mate, that's a five thousand dollars feature. I've sold that offer. <laughs> right. right. Like, oh, it's two pages, ten grand. Phenomenal yeah. job, man. You made yeah. paid ten grand. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That, that, there's, there's a there's a problem. There's a lot of bullshit in the industry. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, to be honest, I I like I fell into that. So like, yeah. but when I was that age, I was yeah. a little bit older. I was probably like twenty six or twenty seven yeah. at the time. Yeah. But I was newer to business because I just got out of the army. Yeah. So I was somewhat fresh when it comes to business, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I, I, I was, I owned gyms and I went off and I joined this business coaching program. And they were like, how much did you sell? And I was like, you know, they're like, oh, we're selling $1,200 packages. Yeah. Oh, hey, everybody, Matt made 80 grand this month, this week. Yeah. You know, because I sold fucking, uh, you know, a bunch of $1,200 packages. Yeah. But they're paying 50 bucks a week. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? But then, like, I got caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like, it actually fucked me up a bit because I started to think I made that much money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, when you start talking in terms of revenue versus cash or mm. the contract value and you start thinking that way as yeah. a sales rep or a business owner, yeah. it's really damaging to you because you start living that way. Yeah. 
Right. And yeah. like, I remember going through that when I was very new to business and I was going through these, I was like the bright eyed kid in the candy store of business coaching. And I signed up to every fucking business coaching course yeah. on the planet. And when I walked away from it, like I, I never, I said, I'd never sign up to like another one of those coaches again. I was like, no, nah, yeah. I'll just sign up to, I'll, I'll learn from individuals that I feel are really good at what they do. Yeah. Right. Um, because like at the end of it, it was just all these, it was just bullshit. And there was no one telling me, Hey man, like don't, don't think like that. Yeah. Like if you sold those people bank on the money in which you collected yeah. and run your business accordingly mm-hmm. and, and don't start to like live outside your means, make sure you're doing the right things. Yeah. And I think like to me, the biggest problem in coaching and consulting is the fact that like these people are, are, you know, let's just say you go, I get these guys making 500 grand a month. Like, Oh, I'll teach you how to make 500 grand a month. It's like, yeah, but you're 500 grand a month business is a fucking shell of a business, <laughs> which is not sustainable for the individual. It's not sustainable for the people within the business. Yeah. And like, it's not an actual business. It's just a, an entity that makes money. Yeah. You know? And so like, you know, co- people call themselves like, I'd much prefer to people were like, I'll teach you sales, teach you marketing. Right. And I'll teach you like how to have a really good delivery. Yeah. But I'm not going to call myself a business. Yeah. Coach. This has already given me a bunch of great marketing ideas, right? Where I'm just like, Guys, guess what? This is not a business. This is a one-man show. You're gonna be in content for a couple hours. You got a little. You got one or two people doing delivery. This is a. This is really a hundred k a month side income. You know what I mean? It's like you yeah. you, you, you anti business position it. You're like this isn't a real business. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a great. Yeah. Side. I mean, and the great thing about coaching and consulting is you really can grow a phenomenally profit profitable yeah. entity yeah. quite quickly. Uh, if you're charismatic, if you know your stuff, and you, yeah. know, you know what I mean, and if you have the right hooks, yeah. right? The, the the problem is when people then try and translate that without like a foundational underpinning, yeah. that becomes problematic. So you know what I I find fascinating to study is you know we're talking about like how these things kind of repel people from the industry, right? Yeah. But if you take a look at the opposite, like I'm a Muslim, and there's a, I don't know over a billion Muslims in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you know the country with the most amount of Muslims in it? I would never clear. Guess just for fun. Uh, I mean, I would say, I would say ch- uh, China. Good, I mean, great guess. It's definitely one of the top ones, but it's actually Indonesia. Which is oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. that's actually a really small country. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating because China is massive and Indonesia is really small. Went to Bali for our honeymoon, but there's over 200 million Muslims in America, in, uh, in Indonesia. Started off at zero. So how the hell did that happen? How the hell did like Indonesia, this really small country, get over 200 million Muslims? Well... It turns out that back in the day, a small um, group of Muslim merchants uh, migrated there. And yep. They just set up shop. To, and they just started doing business and just regular merchant stuff. But they did, they conducted business in such a way, like, you know, like network marketing, all due respect, and in all due respect, there's good people in every industry, but you know, it's kind yeah. of like, oh, like people are a little, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, they did business in such a respectable way yep. that everyone just kind of fell in love with them and just kind of like converted based off of like them being such like kind of role models in the way they conducted Like the Mormons business. just being so damn nice. Like the Mormons are so goddamn nice, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll join you. I'll join you, why not? So, so it's like, I like to study that and I, and I have and I've actually been working on for a couple of years, I'm gonna, uh, my goal is to write a book on that because I've been studying the way that, you know, like a pure and honest and like, so like on podcasts like this, people ask me like, man, what's, what do you think the best book out there is on business? And you know what I always say? Dude, any one of the holy books Go read the Bible, the Quran, the Torah. Like, dude, every, like that tells you really how to do like fun. Like, I'm not gonna tell you to run a TikTok ad, but it's gonna <laughs> tell you how to do like the fundamental, how to treat people right. Yeah, and actually, talk, all those three books talk about writing contracts too, like how the importance of writing a business contract and stuff like that. But it's like, I think it'd be cool for people to go back to the purity of of business. And like you said, man, we're in this like startup stage where people just don't know what the hell they're doing. The blind leading the blind. But it'd be cool for people to like take a step back and, and, and study the way the, the business was done in, in, the, in the pure way. Because at the end of the day, man, it's, you know, and from a religious point of view, it's considered a holy thing. Uh, businessmen, uh, merchants are considered a holy thing that they do a great service to humanity. And it's a big responsibility. Um, you know, we shouldn't be taking advantage of people. You know, we need, yeah. businessmen are actually here to serve. You know, we're here to serve uh, the community and to, you know, uplift the quality of mankind. <coughs> yeah. And I think it'd be cool for more people to see it through that instead of a instead of a cash grab. All right, so run me through the purpose of your business. You're in coaching, consulting. Yeah, I know you donate a ton of money to charity and all that kind of stuff. Well, like, yeah, you know, we I mean we try. You know, we we 
we're blessed to say last last year we built eight schools. Uh, we've um, uh, built countless water wells, given the gift of vision to a lot of blind people by paying for their surgery, sponsored a lot of orphans. I, the only reason I say that, by the way, is to... You know, some people don't like that. Like You're not supposed to talk about like your charity work. And I, I respect that. But the only reason I mention is because I, I keep getting people like approaching me back, dude, you know, thank you so much for sharing. That really inspired me. I sponsored an orphan. So that's the only reason I share it, is to, to like inspire other people to do this. Because I'll tell you something, man. Like, you know, I've... I've been dirt poor. I used to live in an electrical closet yeah. with, on a bunk bed. Yeah, like an actual electrical closet. Like <laughs> it's in, poor, poor. Yeah, in a bunk bed. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and then I've been I've been rich. I was happy both times, but the reason I was happy is because I've always um, my foundation's always been giving. Because you see all these people in Hollywood and stuff, man. My wife was we were just looking at it yesterday just for fun. She was looking at. Uh, Eddie Murphy is worth six hundred million. This, you know, we're looking up all these. She was looking up all these actors for fun. Hundreds and hundreds of millions, but they're like miserable, depressed, divorced, alcoholics. It's like the foundation's been giving. So, we, yeah, we have a coaching business where we teach entrepreneurs how to make more, to give more to their families, communities, and favorite charities. Hence, making the world a better place. So, it's a very unique value proposition. Yeah. Usually it's to make more, to give more back to me. Ah. Right? <laughs> right? Like that's the standard, you know, coaching yeah. funnel. It's cool. Look, like I tell you yeah. what, I, I had a, like I bought a Bentley. It's fun. A lot of fun. Guess what? I Which one? Uh, Continental GT. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. It, fucking beautiful car. I love it. Oh, yeah. guess what? What? Completely responsible. Beat the shit out of it. Treated <laughs> it like a rental. Guess what? Engine. Um. <laughs> stupid just pure stupidity on my part but guess what it was a lot of fun now i don't yeah. have it anymore guess what life's still cool do you think you're an extremist <laughs> as far <laughs> that's not, as far as like just in life in general like i know i am right like i've never been the same weight for longer than a week really <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> i'm either going up or down brother oh right? um, so like for me uh, you can probably tell the podcast people are like oh that makes sense right <laughs> um like I'm, I'm an extremist you know like i i don't do anything in halves I will either do everything yeah. or absolutely nothing. Yeah, I like to go all in for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like to go <laughs> like, all in. I, like, I think we're talking about crypto. <laughs> I, oh yeah, like, I, I went lost hard my to pay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I lost <laughs> multiple, multiple six figures, but more so than the multiple six figures was all the time, time I lost. Yeah, yeah. It I took mean, me a long time to realize some of the Ponzi schemes. I was very enamored <laughs> with you know some of the yield farming and some of the things out there, and, you know, and I was like, oh, this is great, and it sort of. The, um, you know, I got swept up and not swept up because it yeah. didn't really distract me that much, but I was definitely into it. Well, you're, you're an army guy, man. You're a lot more disciplined. You know what I mean? You got, you got that. In some, in, in some ways I'm, I'm very disciplined. Like when it comes to work, man, like I'll fucking, I'll outwork nearly anybody. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, because, but it's not work. It's why like, I don't really believe in burnout because you don't burn out if you love what you do. No. Like you can physically burn out. Like I used to be on sales calls. Um, cause like when I, when I, when I had a goal of making hundred K a month, I was like, I'm going to make hundred K a month as a sales rep. Yeah. Like and the, the reason why I did it to be perfectly transparent is because my two main competitors could not say the same thing. <laughs> right. So like Jeremy was a $3 million a year earner as a sales rep mm. commission only. Right. He made 3 million a year. He, he put in his pocket three mil yeah. in commissions from sales. Like, like 20 years in a row. What? Yeah, he's like one of the top most, he's one of the top highest earning sales reps in U.S. history. I didn't even know a salesman could make that much. Yeah, he was averaging about two hundred and fifty dollars to $300,000 a month in personal income. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant said $3 million a month. Like, oh, no, I it's in personal. Yeah, it's $3 million a year. <laughs> okay, okay. It's okay. a lot of fucking money to put in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And so, and I knew that most of my competitors had never really sold much more than about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a month in commission. Mm -hmm. You know, guys who were placing sales reps or guys who were sales agencies and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do a hundred K a month. Yeah. Um, it nearly killed me because I wasn't selling things expensive enough. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, but like I did it and I started work at 2 a.m. Mm. Every day. It's a good time actually. What right? time did you go to bed? Oh, like 11. What? Yeah. You three hours of sleep a day? Yeah. Three to four. Yeah. Huh. So I did that, but I did that for like months. Huh. Um, I didn't know you could do that. Oh, well, I would have, like, an hour, hour and a half nap in the middle of the day. Okay. Right? And then I would do... Like, I'm pretty good on no sleep. Like, ex-special huh. operations. I don't uh -huh, need uh -huh. okay, that okay. much sleep. Okay, okay. Right? Like, I'm pretty happy on six hours a day. Huh. Like, my body functions fairly well on that for a pretty long amount of time. Mm. I've got lots of practice. Okay. You know, as part of demarcation, which is your, like, final test to be allowed to go into special forces, you mm. have to do four days, no food or sleep. Oh, wow. Right? Jeez. And, like, you have to. Wow. Um, and you're assessed the entire time. They give you mental problems. They give you physical things wow. to do. Like, and you can't crack. And if wow. you do, you're out. Wow. Right? So it's 96 hours, no food, no sleep. Wow. Um, 
I went one day without food. I almost threw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I function well on no sleep, right? I would get up at two, usually start work at two thirty, three o'clock. And then I would have like an hour, hour and a half nap in the middle of the day. Um, longer if I could, but then kind of go back, finish sales calls at like 1030, mm. go to bed, wake up at two. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it was full on, but that's what I had to do because I was in Australia to have the time in the U.S. So I had a U.S. account and an Australian account. Yeah. So I was working two full-time jobs. Right. Um, but I did it two months in a row. Right. Yeah, wow. Um, and the, but I, I, I was like on sales calls towards the end of it, I would turn my zoom off. I would turn the audio and video off, throw up into a bucket <laughs> and then turn it back on and then keep talking. Nice. Cause like I was just so physically burnt out Yeah. from not sleeping, from just grinding a pro yeah. weight. Like I was, wow. it was not great. Like I wouldn't do it again, Yeah. Um, but I needed to prove a point. Right. So I was like, I had it in my head. Like I must do this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Geez. I told my wife what was happening. I told yeah. my business partner what was happening. Like I cleared the decks, planned it out. Yeah. I was like, but like now I've got the proof that yeah. I did that yeah. and like good luck doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like I, I did it for a reason. It's the thing that I can hang my hat on that not many people can. Yeah. I forgot, man. You got, you have kids or no? Yeah. I got two kids. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, three and six. Okay. So I got, I got, um, some other story. So let me ask you something, man. Cause you're a disciplined guy and you're like, um, you know, special ops and all this stuff. How, how do you, I'll tell you a problem I have. Um, sometimes I find I'm too nice. I'll give you an example. Like I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, give, I'll give you an example. And maybe nice is the wrong word. You tell me. I'll, I'll tell you the situation. You tell me what the problem is, okay? Uh, I'm getting ready to go to work. I'm going to work. Oh, fuck. My wife's babysitter called out for the day. My wife's now with three main... My kids are maniacs. I, they're my best friends, but they're absolutely... Together, oh, horrendous. They're, yeah, they're just completely... Apart, great. Together, yeah. horrendous. Fact. So I'm looking at my wife's face. I can already tell she's like, oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to go to work. I'm going to help you out today. Stuff like that, I'm just giving you an example, happens to me a good amount. And um, like my father-in-law, opposite. We were getting married... We're having a marriage dinner. He's like, fuck it. Eight o'clock, fuck it. Peace. I'm out. Everyone's partying. He goes to bed. Eight o'clock at night. Rain, shine, doesn't matter. Your daughter's getting married. Peace. I'm out. Eight o'clock upstairs. <laughs> I mean, hardcore discipline. Eight o'clock bed. Four o'clock, boom, to the warehouse to work. He's got some um, textile company, you know, dyeing clothing, whatever. I, uh, for me, it's God first, family second, business third. Mm -hmm. So it's like anytime there's like a family issue or like whatever, I find that I put my business kind of in the back. Like, all right, cool. Let me go handle this. Let me go handle this. Like, what? Well, I think, like, you know, to be honest, you just have to have a setup that allows for that. Mm. Right? And as the visionary of a company, it doesn't matter. Mm. Right? As long as you're supplying what you require. So I'm probably in between. Right? Like my wife today. Um, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm allowed that because I have a great team of people. I have a very big team, 150 people. Yeah, wow. You know? So... Like this morning, I had a training that I had to be on at 8 o'clock in the morning. My wife woke up. She's really sick. I said, hey, baby, I'll do the school run this morning. Mm. Right? I called up Anthony. I called up Rhodes, sorry. And I mm. said, hey, brother, my wife's sick. I need you to cover the training. He goes, no problem, dude. Right? So like, that's fine. Mm. Now, if she comes to me and says, hey, like I have these appointments at these times, mm. um, I'll go call Emily, who's my assistant. Yeah. I go, if she can move this stuff, I'll do it. But. Like, we have the agreement. Like, hey, listen, if there's something that comes up that's urgent, I'll drop yeah, everything, right? Yeah. But I was like, you know, we, we, me and my wife have a very open conversation about that. She's a stay-at-home mom, mm. right? She gave up her business because we don't need the money. Mm. And we, it's just, I think, better for the kids if she's a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. right? And so we have that agreement. My work has to be a priority for us because mm -hmm. it's how we earn our living, yeah. right? So, like, that's, it's, that's kind of the relationship. We have very traditional roles mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm sort of in the middle. Now, when it comes to being, like, nice and kind, I think in that situation, I think you're just being a fucking good dad and husband. Do you know what I mean? But what you need to do is surround yourself with the right team of people to allow that to not be a big deal. Mm -hmm. like, you know? like, last night was a perfect example. Like I said, I love playing with my kids. Honestly, one of the things I really just don't enjoy doing is putting them to bed because it oh, it's a fucking nightmare. And it drives me nuts to like lay there and look at the sky and like wait for them to fall asleep. Like it drives me nuts. So I, yeah. just, I just don't like the process at all. So I told my wife last night, listen, I haven't been able to work much lately because of, you know, we're, we're traveling. Let me, you know, put the kids to bed. Let me work. A little. She's like, yeah, totally cool. And then again, I saw it. I saw the three kids ready to like attack her like a bunch of wild, <laughs> great white sharks. I'm like, oh, fuck. 
yeah. I ended up helping him putting him to sleep. You know, yeah. but, but then I missed out on some cool, you know, work that I could have done. But you know I think I mean? like that goes back to what you said before when we were talking is like, you know, at the moment there's there's not a lot of like pure like okay, where am I going? You know what I mean? You've been running the business for a while. It's doing well, supplying your with a great lifestyle. And now you're like, hey, I kind of want to ramp it up and scale it up. That's yeah. why you're in here, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, now we got to we got to do the work now to set the goals. And it's like, yeah. for me, I can't run aimlessly. Like, I'm kind of like a, like, I think entrepreneurs without a clear goal are a finless bottle rocket. Mm. A lot of activity, mm. no direction. Mm. You put the fins on it, it fucking goes, right? Mm. And so that's where, like, clear and concise planning It's like, okay, I have this target to hit. Yeah. You know, like Marco, yeah. for example, is a fucking animal. Of a business operator. Mm. Animal, bro. Mm. If you give him a number, mm. if you told him, if Akbar, if you go, okay, man, we're going to put Marco in your business. Mm -hmm. He needs to make 300K next month. That's mm. his KPI. And mm. you said it that way. Mm -hmm. He would do it. Mm. And there is no amount of time, effort, energy, people, things that he wouldn't do to hit that number. And if he didn't hit it, he would fucking lose his shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That sounds like a good guy to have on the team. <laughs> yeah. He's so focused in that way that it's it's <laughs> it, like it's it, it's it's sort of amazing, right? Mm. So I think like a lot of that comes from like, hey, let's set some really clear directions, let's set some really clear goals. Like I'm really yeah. goal focused. You know, like me and my wife, we have our personal financial goals, we have our yeah. business financial goals, we have goals for the kids. It's yeah. like, hey, I want my kids to be able to do this, I want my kids yeah. to be able to do this, you know, I want to be able to provide these things. And that yeah. that allows me to like I'm just a pent up yeah. Like I have to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so like, and I have itchy feet. You don't know if you've ever heard that expression yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if I don't have a direction to walk, I'm very like, <laughs> I'm very aimless. That's a very good point, man. Cause like I remember a couple of years ago, the first time it's ever happened to me in my life, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was like, mm. oh, shit. like you've, you've heard the story. It's like, oh, I'm depressed. I can't get out of bed. Yeah. First time it ever happened to me, I can't get out of bed. I'm like, I, I don't understand what's happening. Like I physically couldn't get out. I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm. It's like, I don't, I've never experienced that. And I, don't, I, I just realized somehow, like, wait a minute, I, I know why this is happening. I had goals. I wanted to do a TEDx talk. I wanted to get, like, a two comic club award, which is, like, a million dollars in the funnel. I wanted to um, have a number one international best-selling book. I wanted to give, like, talks on international stages, blah, 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 blah. And I realized that, like, I hit all those goals. And so, like, my body... It was as if it's like, what do you want me to get up for you? I, I did everything you told me you wanted to do. It's like, I, what, I don't even know what to do. So what am I, why am I going to get it's up? It's really common, man. That's uh, why they, that's why they say when you retire, you expire, right? Yeah. You or, know? or if your lover dies, a lot of times you die a couple of days later. Yeah. So yeah. like, I think, I think a lot of that, like I was talking to my wife, because we just restructured our whole business. Not that we're going to sell it or anything like that, but like I want to have an entity that is sellable because mm -hmm. like that's that's where the value comes. That's where long-term wealth comes from, right? Having entities of value. So I have no plan to sell this business, but <clears throat> I wanted to be be in a position to where if somebody offered me a billion dollars, I, I would consider it. Mm. You yeah, know what why I mean? not? Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> but I was, I was talking to my Buy wife. Some Bitcoin. And I was like, <laughs> uh, no one can lose money like crypto. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but I was like, I wonder what I would do if I did. And she was like, oh, you could sell the business. She's like, you'd be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, I don't know what I would do because like I have to have like a purpose yeah. outside of, you know, like I've got my purpose with my family and all that kind of stuff, but like I have to have something else. Yeah. Like um, I remember, and I had a similar experience to you, I think when you, when you went into entrepreneurship for the first time, you were like, Oh, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. When, when I, I didn't enjoy being a sniper. That's what I did. Right. I didn't really like the job. I, I appreciated the job and like the art of it and the science yeah. of it. But like when I got there, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, but I had built up like everything that I, like I, I went in wanting to be it and I did everything to do it. Mm. I kind of lost interest partway through <laughs> uh, because I was really enjoying like kicking doors in and kind of being that guy. Yeah. And then I was shooting on the range one day and the head of snipers was like, hey man, it's pretty good shooting. Yeah. I was like, thanks dude. He goes, what's your name? I was like, oh man. He was like, cool. Uh -huh. Anyway, next day they go, "Hey, Matt." I was like, "What?" And they go, "You're on sniper course." Uh -huh. <laughs> right? I was, I was a good shot. Yeah. And so then I went on sniper course, did the whole thing, became a sniper, and I was like, "Okay, cool." So I kind of achieved all the dream. Then when I got there, I was like, "I don't really like this." Uh. <laughs> like I like kicking doors in, I like yeah. being active, I like kind of doing stuff, sitting yeah. in the hide for four days at a time. Jeez. Sometimes you have to wait for four days. Oh, huh? dude, weeks. And what do you do? Shit into a bag, have a terrible time of it, <laughs> and just you just sit there. Oh, it's fucking miserable, bro. Like doing. Damn. 
Doing old school sniper work yeah. is fucking miserable. Doing some of the new school stuff in urban environments, yeah. that's fine. It's fun. You're in hotels and setting up and doing all the things. But yeah. like kind of terrorism stuff is fine. But like old school sniping in Afghanistan in the middle of winter yeah. in a fucking hide surrounded by bad guys in fucking negative two is no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Um, so yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So like I kind of had that like, oh, this is a bit shit. Why and you got to go in a bag though? Shit in a bag. Yeah. So you don't leave any sign behind. Uh, what know? do you do with the bag? Carry it with you. Ah. Till you get back and then in your backpack. Yeah. You got a backpack full of shit. <laughs> in yeah. negative t- negative two degrees. Yeah, not in all environments, just in some environments where like yeah. you're, you're trying to sneak in and out. No one knows you were yeah. there or are there. Damn. Um, we had to practice that too. It's fucking training. You wow. carry your shitter. It's fucking horrible, man. Yeah. You gotta hold the bag for something. This is a else. great training for like uh, like business. It's like I if mean, you can handle that, like what can't you handle? Yeah, I literally did a video yesterday because I saw some video of some dude online going like when you're doing sales, you're going to battle. I was like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, brother, it's not, it's not like, business is, um, it's, it's difficult, not hard. Mm. Right? Mm. So, like, there's a, there's a big difference. Like, playing pool is difficult. It's mm. not hard. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not yeah. physically demanding. It's not mentally demanding. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think a lot of people, I think, put too much weight on kind of some of the things they have to do to be good at business. And mm. they, and they rely like, not that I don't believe in mindset at all. Like, because mm. obviously, like, like I've seen depression. Yeah. It sucks, bro. Yeah. You, so, were, you were depressed? No, I've never had it, but I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, I've seen people be diagnosed with mild depression mm-hmm. who are, like, shells of a human. Mm. Like, moderate depression is you can't physically move. Mm-hmm. Extreme depression is you're about to kill yourself. Right? Oh, wow. I didn't like, know it's, it's hectic, man. Like, actual mm. depression is really terrible. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, any elements oh. of that, like, and, like, I understand that. You know, people who are told their whole life that people with money are assholes yeah. are going to figure out a way to fuck up money, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I think that a lot of people don't, uh, like, my fallback position is always on skill and process, right? So... Sorry, man, I just, I'm just tripping on something you said. What, what's, it seems like you know a lot, it seems like you know a lot about depression. What, what, um... What's like a sign of, of uh, what would you say, extreme? Extre- what was it? It was oh, mild, like, medium, moderate, and what was it? I, I don't know. the. I know mild and moderate and probably severe. Yeah, I think, severe. I, I think What's the sign there? of that? Oh, dude, it's like it's horrendous. Like you've like um, people who like can't get out of bed like like for mm. days at a time mm. and like don't, don't talk and won't do anything. That's like moderate depression. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Severe oh. depression is like you are trying actively to kill yourself oh every day. Oh, God. Like it's, it's a horrendous, you need to be heavily medicated. You need to oh. be under watch at all times. Like Jeez. it's a really serious thing. I've seen lots of friends go through really, really difficult yeah. times in the military because they have severe PTSD. Mm-hmm. Guys who have been do, asked to do things they, you know, reflectively didn't agree with. Mm. You know, and that's really difficult for mm-hmm. a lot of people to deal with. So, like, I understand all that. But in terms of, like, the doing of things, I think, for me, I've always fallen back on process, you know? Um, and, like, to be perfectly frank, like, I struggle to understand some of it because I am, I am technically a functioning sociopath. <laughs> right? So you've got functioning and non-functioning. Okay. Non, like a non-functioning. <laughs> and a non-functioning is like a serial killer. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, a, a functioning is someone who has the ability to turn it on and off. Okay, right. That's interesting. So yeah. I, I am a like every single person in the Australian Special Forces is mm-hmm. a functioning sociopath. Huh. It is a requirement to do. It is you have to tick that box in your wow. psychiatric testing in order to be approved. Wow. They don't tell you that. I found that out subsequently through <laughs> talking to some people. So like I was born with the ability to become amoral. Mm. Like I can go like that i don't really have it anymore meaning like meaning like you you can flip a switch to become emotionless yeah completely because you have to snipe people yeah okay so yeah. you have okay and but and i was bo- i could do that as a kid really like, like that i do it in arguments every now and then if i get an argument uh, my wife's I like oh fuck uh, I like i just go completely dead inside really there's nothing anyone can say that will upset that's me. pretty fast it's completely neutral like i'm neutral huh. to all things it's very it's a very strange I do, it doesn't happen very often anymore as i've had children wow. it is incredibly softened no, no right sure. and as i've um like my parents are incredibly good people <laughs> um and as I've got more and more like employees and staff and people under me, like yeah. I've become far more compassionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, like 10, 15 years ago, I was a fucking, I was a kind of a man. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like all of us were like Pat, one of my best mates who's yeah. using the podcast with me. Yeah. You know, similar personality typing, 
And, you know, like we were just different people yeah. when we were in our 20s and we were actually shooting people for a living. Like, right, yeah. this is your different well, person. You, right? yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, as you grow up, especially when you have kids, like when you have kids, everything changes. Yeah. It's one of those things, right? People tell you, oh, when you have kids, everything changes. Uh, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have kids, you're like, uh, oh, shit, everything changes. Yeah. <laughs> like, your whole personality, your whole caring about everything, like, you know. It's so true. It's like, you know, I know everyone online is like, oh, you know, I made a million dollars today. Well, the truth is, like, everybody has slow months, right? And it's everybody has slow days and, and this and that. So, I, you know, I have slow days just like everybody else. But um, I have a son who's eight months old. And honestly, when he smiles at me, I don't give a f- I don't care if I have, like, a negative 10,000. Like, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Like, nothing matters. It's just, it totally just melts you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. When, but I think, like, for me, uh, when my... I was really broke probably four years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, we were wow. really struggling. Because um, Sydney's a very expensive city, as you probably know. Yeah, shit. It's right? You spend 180 bucks on gas yeah, to fill up the car. Super expensive, you know. I don't know how people live here. Like, a pack, I don't know how people smoke here. You know, a pack of sm- I don't smoke, but a pack of smoke's like 50 bucks over yeah, here. Yeah, if you don't make 200 grand a year. Okay, like that makes ha- sense. As, as a household, Sydney's yeah. tough. Shit, it's right? expensive here. Really man. tough. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I was running the gyms, I was only making about 130 it sounds like a good wage. Yeah. It was literally enough to pay poverty bills right? yeah. without <laughs> paying tax. Yeah, yeah. Because we had to live in a particular area because I had to get to work. So I could have moved really far out. Yeah. But that would have meant I had these giant, I would have spent no time with my kids. Yeah. So we were like, I think at one stage we had like, we had $6,000 a month worth of rent, just rent. I had $4,000 in the bank. Yeah. I had a three-year-old a two-year-old and yeah. a, a pregnant wife yeah at that we had to borrow the money from yeah. my father-in-law to get mm-hmm. the down syndrome test my daughter um, who's now three right mm. um and and so like it wasn't that long ago that we were re- like we used to argue over like four dollar t-shirts and stuff wow like we four were, years ago yeah you made a lot of no, less three wow, you made a lot of progress in three years man yeah so i always had businesses where i was not in control i was like an owner but like mm. a ma- like a minority owner yeah um or like an even owner where i yeah. didn't have the final say and like, it, it never, like, I had a lot of ideas, but I didn't have anyone who could, like, who would back me to do mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. or people who would listen to me or I was part of a larger conglomerate and stuff like that. So when I, like, I literally walked away from those gyms, like, we had 18 of them, and I just went, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. See ya. Like that. Um, I managed you to turn the switch. Well, I, I had to, man. Like, I was fat. I was unhappy. I was working. Fat working at the gym. Oh, well, I was just doing sales all day. Yeah. And I was so unhappy doing what I was doing because I was not being listened to. They weren't running the gyms in the way I wanted them to run. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't have enough say in what was going on. I was working. I was doing sales eight to nine hours a day, every day, just yeah. calling leads nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, getting really good at sales, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I just wasn't making enough money. And it mm. was just, dep- like, I was getting fucking over it, right? Mm. And then I, um, like, I left the business, and then I came back to my previous business, who I had gone over here as a partnership. So it was all planned. And I got back to this business. He goes, oh, I don't need you anymore, man. Beat it. Or I'm going to mm. fire everybody. <laughs> legit. Legit. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, I can't have everyone get fired. Like, that's yeah. bullshit. So wow. negotiated a piddly little exit, mm. just basically a 12-month salary. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was 60000 bucks over 12 months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which isn't going to do anything in Sydney anyway. No. So I moved. I had to move to Perth. Oh, wow. That's the other side. Yeah. It's like a f- farmland, no? Uh, no, it's a major city, oh, but it? it's okay. cheap. Oh, okay. Right? Like, uh, you know, I bought a house for 700 grand. You know what I mean? Like a big that, giant house, yeah. which is really cheap over, you know, in Australia. That's yeah. cheap. It's not expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I had a, I had, I had managed to save a little bit of money before that. So, yeah. like, I had that, I, I got that out of what I had it in, put down like a 10% deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, like that 60K was basically enough for me to pay my bills. Wow. Right? So that's, and that's when I started Sales Sniper. And that's when I started doing online selling. Mm-hmm. My first week of high ticket coaching, I made 12 grand. Your first week, you made 12 grand? Yeah. Of high ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when I changed the whole business model. Because originally Sales Sniper was Fitness Sales Sniper. And I was doing all fitness sales. Mm. And that was a rough gig. But it was good. It got me, it got me in good sales shape, as it were. Mm. And then we kind of grew. How long did you... There. Do your own sales until you stop doing sales. I stopped. I stopped doing uh, like full time selling in December of twenty twenty. Damn, you were doing full time up until December twenty twenty. So wait, a, so 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 January twenty twenty one, you had a team. You were not doing any more sales. I was doing the only sales I was doing 
was sale, selling people into Sales Sniper. Right. Before right, right. that, I was like, this was this was the big handoff for me, yeah. right? So I'd built a team. Yeah. We were making good money. But I, as a sales rep, was responsible for 50% of the income because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. a very high-producing rep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was not taking any of that money. No. So, like, that 100K a month in commission that I was earning, no. I took zero. Wow. You put it all back in the All company. back in the business because mm-hmm. I had that 60K a year, <laughs> right? That paid my bills. Wow. Uh, it wasn't until March of 2021 that I took a salary. Wow. Right. It's quite a story, man. It's, you've done quite a lot in the past 18 months or whatever. Yeah, That's yeah. We've gone from 20K a month to 3 million a month. Jeez. In, um, if, if, in under three years. I mean, you don't hear that every day, right? I mean, that's quite unusual. Um, if, if I had to force you right now, like, without thinking, to tell me, just like, right now, without thinking, you, you've gone from 20K a month to 3 million a month in a very short amount of time. Without thinking, what's, like, one word that, you, that, that that's the reason why that happens? People. Oh, yeah, straight up people. Like I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm a fairly generous person. Mm. Like I don't own the majority share mm. of the business. Mm. Mm. Like I am, I am, I am the majority stakeholder. Mm. Um, but I've, like, I have an employee share option program, mm-hmm. which costs a lot of money to set up mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to do it properly, where there's actually share options with vesting periods and mm. it's done in the correct way. It, I reckon that probably cost me. 200,000 mm. in legal fees and accounting fees to set wow. up. Right? Um, so... And yeah. Most people in this industry haven't spent $2 on, on accounting fees or anything. Yeah. <laughs> or like set up with legal fees or stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So, but I I have a team that will never leave. Mm. Right? Uh, one, because I've got them in golden handcuffs. Uh. Right? <laughs> so, like, if you leave yeah. and your shares have invested, you lose them. Mm. and the share price is here and it will be here one day so you will have wealth in which you can borrow against or you can you could sell back to us if you wanted mm. to in a few years time whatever right mm. so like this is actual wealth creation mm. for my for my key staff like mm. we have we have an employee share option program yeah um and then i've given people equity along the yeah. way as well um and so like because I would rather be a smaller stakeholder, you know, like, but Bezos only owns, like, I think he owns like 14% of Amazon at this point, mm. you know, like if, if I, if he's willing to do that right, yeah. and, and I want to get to a, a billion dollar business, yeah. it's ultimately what I want. Like, yeah. I believe we can get it to a hundred million dollars a year within the next three years. Yeah. You right? know, it's funny. We have a, in our family, we have an e-com company it does well. It did like 50 million last year. And, um, my brother did the same thing. He gave a, a high percentage to the CEO and we didn't know because it's not really our expertise, our world. Like, yeah, we were all like, Dude, "What the hell are you doing, bro? Why are you doing this?" If they're if they're really good, yeah, you just got like, we got to keep this guy. Yeah, and we're like, "What the hell are you doing?" Bro? But honestly, if it wasn't for that CEO, a company wouldn't be anywhere near fifty million. Yeah, that guy kicks ass, and he's worth it. But it's like you got to know to do that. Most yeah. people are like, "No, what? No, that's yeah." They're not. They don't know. But it's also it's youth and ego, mm. right? Like I, I think. I am an arrogant person. Like, I, I would say, like, that's probably a floor of mine, but I don't have an ego, right? So, I would say... Say, say, say that again. I, I, I have a level of arrogance, Okay, arrogant. but I do not have an ego. I, I need to, like, stew on that. Can you can you explain that further? Like, I don't care what people think about me. Okay. I gen- and that only but is happen- that arrogance? No, 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 no. Is in, like, but that's that's the ego. I don't have one anymore. Like, I don't care how I'm perceived. Well, well do, who do you... Well, well, no, um, but is that entirely true? Though? Meaning, meaning, not that you're lying, but I mean, like, by the people, so by the people who are outside, right, 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 right. Like, but, so but you care, like, what, like, your wife thinks oh, about yeah, you, yeah, yeah. or like, what God thinks about you, yeah, like, but, but like, I'm, I'm extremely confident. I'm a very good person. But then I'm just trying to figure, yeah. like, how is that ego or, or, or arrogance? Uh, like, I, well, I would think like my personality. If you saw my content. Probably go. Oh, that guy <laughs> like a little cocky, maybe. Yeah, like I would say, very. I would say high on the cocky scale. You know what I mean? I'd say you could say arrogance for cocky. I would, I would say okay. probably. So I'm very cocky, uh-huh. right? I always have been as a kid. Always right. Cocky meaning like, hey, we just we went from 20k to like three million. Uh, cocky is in like I'm the best. But I mean, like, is like that I'm, I'm the best at what I do. But I mean, is okay. that is that really cocky though? If you are, I would say a lot of people would describe me as cocky. My wife does. Okay, yeah. <laughs> hang, hang out okay. with me. Well, she, she, hey, if she says yeah. it, it's good enough. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 
Like when I talk to people in a room, I'm not afraid to kind of okay. dictate what happens. <laughs> All right. Right? <laughs> right? Okay. Like I'll sit at the head of the table. Okay, guys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit down and go, this feels right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay, I got right? you. So, right? So, um, but like I remember um, like it wasn't like I've always, n- I've known for a while that I've reached a level of like surety in myself where I was like, oh, sweet. Like I'm cool if people don't like me. Mm. It happened about a year ago, I would say. Mm. And I had a good test of that because a setter, God bless them, went rogue in my account, trying to do the right thing, went into a bunch of Facebook groups and mm. like tried to friend a bunch of coaches. Mm. Listen, I didn't say yes. We didn't know they did it. They were just trying to be proactive. Yeah. Young people do silly things when yeah. they're trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. They just did it in my profile. <laughs> right. And a, and, a, and a big coach kind of like screenshotted it yeah. and called me out in their group. Right. Oh, wow. It's yeah. Taki. Yeah, he's right? a cool, really cool guy. Yeah, I've never yeah. met him, but he's down the road. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. I've seen him do that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he sent me a message like, hey, just so you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Do your thing. Uh, right? I just said, yeah, perfectly reasonable, man. Like, yeah. said I went rogue, but yeah, I get it. Do your thing, brother. Yeah, but you, you explained it, yeah. Yeah, but I just went, yeah, that's cool. Like, do your thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he did it in the group, and all these people commented. Yeah. Most people commented, hey, you know that wasn't him, right? Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> I got a pretty good name in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like yeah. and like I was Marco was freaking out about it. I was like, oh dude, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> like honestly, man, like it's yeah, fine. It doesn't matter. My real problem with it was the messages were crap. <laughs> like, how dare you think that's me? How dare you think such terrible messages? And I ended up going to the rabbit hole and we redid <laughs> the entire so DM setting process. That's for the whole so business. funny. Because the, the quality just wasn't there. So, but like, but I was like, for the uh, genuinely, like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, do your thing, brother. Like, it's totally fine. Yeah. Like, if you got a name and shame me, like, yeah. that's, that's that's your thing, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for you to do that <laughs> because, like, I'm just confident in who I am as a person. Mm. I know I provide a great service for my clients. We really put a lot of effort into that. Mm. Because we really are partners with our clients. We can't make money unless they make money. Mm. It's it's a mutually beneficial experience for everybody. So mm. I, I feel like I have a really deep-seated need to provide for my sales reps. And mm. we do a ton of training. And I'm very passionate about training these these young people to be successful. And, you know, like uh, one of our guys was in a really bad situation. So we bought him a car and I paid for him to move states. Mm. And, you know, we helped him out with his rental bonds and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I'm more than happy to help people mm. who are putting in the work and putting in the effort to better mm-hmm. themselves. Like mm-hmm. that's a really positive thing. Mm. And so like if, if a couple of people don't like me, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Like, yeah. cause there's plenty of people that do. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. About what fuels you? Because I'll tell you some things that have happened to me in my, in my business. Um, when we first helped, I've helped a lot of people, um, generate seven figures, right? When we first helped somebody hit seven figures, I was bouncing off the walls. My, I call him my mom. Ma, you're not going to believe this. We have this guy at seven figures. Oh, my God. I don't believe that. I don't know. Gave him a trophy going freaking nuts. I had the trophy. And I, and dun, 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 dun. I'm doing like a whole Facebook <laughs> Live trophy unveiling. Going apeshit nuts. Like top, top of the world. Okay. Helped another dude hit seven figures. Same thing. Oh, my God. Mom, mom. You're not going to believe this. We have somebody else. Trophy. But then it happened again and again. And again, and again, and eventually, I had a closet full of trophy boxes. Like, hey, cool, man. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) High five. Bye. Yeah. And (laughs) it's just like, it became kind of numbing. And unfortunately, so it's like, I guess my question to you is like, what, what really pushes you to keep going? Like, what really motivates you? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um... I really like uh, when sales reps do really well. We have a lot of them, right? So, <laughs> so that never gets numbing to you. Like, like I'm sure, like I've had people cry to me, but dude, you help me buy my first house. You help me build my first car, buy my first car, like all this stuff. And it's awesome. But then after I keep hearing it. Yeah, and but like they're over, my guys. Like they're my staff. Yeah. So, so, so like it doesn't get numbing for The you. success of an account is, yeah, yeah, I made a business owner 500 grand that week. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, well yeah. done. High five, dude. I really don't care. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> That means that my guys mm-hmm. made a ton of money, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. Because mm-hmm. like, I get messages like, um, one of our sales managers calls me up and he's like, "I just bought my family their dream home." Yeah, like fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, like I hope I can come see you next year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, but those are my guys. So that's what keeps you going. I think so. Yeah, like I like, I like, and that's why you know, like my board members, like you're too generous with your share options or this or this mm-hmm. or this or bonuses, like. Uh, we did a bonus the other day of like 160,000 spread between the head shed. I yeah. took none. 
You had some Rolex party or something, right? Uh, oh, so my staff gave me this. Nice, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a Sky Dweller. It's like yeah, a fifty thousand nice. dollar watch. Hey, nice staff. Yeah, and they <laughs> and they got together and they bought that for me. That's you know very telling. They presented it on the Christmas party, which was on a boat. Hey, I, I like having Christmas parties on boats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you know, like I I like there's a because I employ my best friends, mm. I employ my parents, mm. I employ one of my aunties, mm. I employ my cousin's wife, mm. um, my you know my dad. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of this thing has to keep going. It's a family operation. Become a family. It's a bit of a family operation. Basically. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so, yeah. like, I have a. How is that compared to when you were doing business without them? Ah, oh, shit, bro. It's so much better. Mm. Like, and all my friends are ex special operations, so I know they work. Yeah. Right, and yeah. like my family's not gonna fuck around. Yeah. Uh, like there are some people I wouldn't hire. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? There's some fucking cousins. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, right, bro. You're good. Um, <laughs> but like you know, um. My dad is the staff guidance counselor. Mm. He keeps everyone on track. Which he kept so me on cool. track. I was a highly motivated rap scaling of a young man, uh-huh. right? So he kept me on track. So like a lot of the people that come in are, I guess, probably more broken versions of me. I had a great father, great, yeah. great family, great upbringing. Yeah. Um, but I had a personality that if that wasn't there, I would have been fucking rogue. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But they say the difference between a bikey and a special operations guy is just good parents. Wow. You know, or just a zigger or zag. That's it, yeah. right? Same wow. person. Yeah. Violent, like, solves things with violence. Yeah. You know, you just do it for the government or you do it for money. Uh, right? You know, which is why a lot of guys go into that or they go into stuff mm, like that. Wow. Whereas I, I kind of, like, let a lot of that stuff go. Mm. You know, I was like, a, wash my hands with, yeah. with violence when I was a younger man. <laughs> the, the, the importance of, like, of being, like, a good parent. Yeah. You know, like, literally change the world. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That seems like a good place to stop. Yeah, man. It is a very poignant and beautiful thing. Yeah, it I, is. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm proud of you because that's, a, I have nothing to do with any of this stuff, but I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, you, you run things the right way. You got your family involved. You're not greedy. I am impressed by you. I am uh, honored to be here. Well, and, uh, I appreciate that. I think I that really building eight it. schools is a pretty big deal. Oh, so thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely not. Money is great, but yeah. education yeah. is more important. So yeah. um, if you guys like that content, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. We will tag all of um, Akbar's socials oh. down below. Thanks, man. Um, and we'll send you this video. Right, and put it out to where you want. All right, peace, peace guys. Bye. Thanks. Put Bye. that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.